Hi, I'm Melissa with Mix in Some Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me, let's mix in some magic. Welcome! I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that you're doing well and you're having a great week. I have to tell you, I've been so excited about today's episode. I recently teamed up with some friends to test out Genie Plus versus not using Genie Plus at Disneyland so that we could find out once and for all if it really makes a difference. Is it worth the money that you spend on it? That's what we're going to be talking about today, and I can't wait. I also did some rope drop strategy testing, so we'll be talking about that as well. What attractions are best for rope dropping? Does it matter where you start your day in the park? I've got answers for you, and I can't wait to share them. But first, let's talk about some Disney news. Toontown opened up this week after being closed for refurbishment for over a year. I am a huge fan of Toontown, minus the Roger Rabbit ride. I don't like that one at all. I don't know why we still have the Roger Rabbit ride, but we do, and I am not a fan. But overall, I have really missed Toontown. Mickey's Toontown is now open and it has been completely reimagined. There's a large grassy area for relaxing, a large water fountain, and lots of fun interactive features that your kids are going to love. There is really so much for families to explore. Goofy's house and Donald's boat got some major changes. Gadget's Go Coaster has been renamed Chippendale's Gadget Coaster. And, of course, like I mentioned before, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin is still in Toontown. Wah, wah, wah. That's me inserting sad music. I hope someday they re redo it and give us something better. In the meantime, though, possibly the biggest and most exciting change that came to Toontown is the addition of the new attraction, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, that has been added to Toontown. This attraction opened, I think, in January. So it's been open for a couple of months, and it is already incredibly popular. So they opened the attraction before they opened all of Toontown. So the attraction opened end of January, I believe, and Toontown just opened a couple of days ago. So now the whole thing is open and ready for you to enjoy. Toontown is by far my favorite place to meet Mickey Mouse. You can still meet Mickey Mouse over at his house in Toontown. And I'm really happy that they left that alone because it's such a fun place to take your kids to meet Mickey. I'm actually headed to Disneyland to check out the new Toontown in just a few days. And if you want to follow along on my Instagram stories, you totally can. I'm going to be posting all about it. There's a link to my Instagram in the show notes. There is a really yummy new quick serve dining option in Toontown. Well, it looks yummy. I'm going to check it out. It's called Cafe Daisy and it serves a pizza flop over, which is basically, it looks like a thin crust pizza that's folded over onto itself like a quesadilla, but there's all the pizza toppings inside of it. 
looks very yummy. They also have hot dogs and house-made chips. And for dessert, they've got Daisy's Goody Good Donuts, which are a house-made donut with cinnamon sugar. It all sounds pretty good to me. I can't wait to try it. In other news, we recently found out that Disneyland is bringing back Hyperspace Mountain. So Space Mountain will be transformed into Hyperspace Mountain for a limited time beginning May 1st through June 4th, just in time for the Star Wars celebration that takes place at the beginning of May. Hyperspace Mountain is a Star Wars themed and it's pretty amazing. So the website says... Hurtle through hyperspace while dodging furious dogfights during this high-speed Star Wars adventure. I actually prefer this overlay to the original, and I'm not even a huge Star Wars fan, but there's something extra fun about this version of the ride. So I'm really happy to hear that they're bringing it back again this year, and I will be there at some point in May and get to check it out. Before we move on, I want to read a review this review comes from RCB Disney Mommy. It says, fun and informative, I'm in. I recently started following Melissa on Instagram and discovered her podcast through there, and I'm so happy I did. She has the best tips and tricks for all your Disney planning needs, which is awesome. But she also has great episodes that cover things like the history of certain rides and attractions and who doesn't love learning Disney history. I also appreciate her honesty. She will tell you what she thinks is worth the cost and what you can skip, which is also helpful when doing Disney on a budget. She really does make you feel like you're having a conversation with a friend who loves Disney just as much as you do. I love this podcast and look forward to a new episode every week. Did I cry when I read that review for the first time? <laughs> yes, you better believe I did. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for leaving a review. Your reviews mean the world to me. So thank you for taking some time out of your day to leave reviews it really is the very best way that you can support me because it helps people find me and I appreciate it so much. I'm so glad that she mentioned my Once Upon a Time episodes that focus on the storytelling and history behind some of the attractions because they are my favorite episodes to create. In fact, I have a new one dropping next week all about Guardians of the Galaxy that I am pretty excited about. I think you're going to love it. Stay tuned for that. I have been looking through all the questions sent in by everyone for our Q&A segment and there is a common theme to a lot of them. By the way, thank you to everyone who has submitted questions. And don't forget, you can email your questions to melissa at mixinsomemagic.com or you can leave me a voicemail with your questions. I would love, love, love it if you sent me a voicemail. Find the link in the show notes. That would be so fun. Anyway, a common theme in these questions I've been getting is all about Genie Plus, and a lot of people are curious about how you use it. Using Genie Plus seems overwhelming at first. I totally get it, but once you start using it, you'll kind of get into the swing of things and it won't feel so overwhelming. I actually have a whole podcast episode on using Genie Plus at Disneyland. I recommend you listen to that before you use it at the parks. In it, I explain how it all works and I share tips and strategies, everything you need to know, and I will put a link to that episode in the show description. So before you show up at the parks and use Genie Plus, listen to that episode. It will be very helpful for you. 
There are a lot of right ways to use Genie Plus, but there are definitely wrong ways to use Genie Plus, and I don't want you to spend money on it and then not be able to use it efficiently. So check out that episode. I think it will be really helpful for you. I also wanted to mention that I have downloadable touring plans on my website that utilize Genie Plus. They give you a step-by-step touring plan to help you easily navigate the parks. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed with Genie Plus, but you really want to use it, check them out. I'll put a link to them in the show notes as well. The second part to the Genie Plus question that I get is, is Genie Plus worth the extra money? Genie Plus currently starts at $25 per day at Disneyland, although the price can go up on busier days, and that cost is per person per day and includes 12 rides at Disneyland and 8 rides at California Adventure. So that's 20 rides total if you're park hopping. Now, it's so hard for me to assign value to something like this because we're all so different and our families are different and our situations are different and what's worth it to me might not be worth it to you. So this is a hard question for me to answer. However, I finally feel like I have some great information about this subject to share with you so you can confidently decide for yourself if Genie Plus is worth the extra money for your family. Let's take a quick break and when we come back, we will get right into it. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mix in Some Magic. I love saving money and Disney vacations are no exception. Please don't pay full price for yours. I only book my Disney vacations through Getaway Today. Their tickets and hotels are always sold at a discount so you know you're getting the best deals. Plus, Getaway Today has been around a long time. They opened in 1990 and they are the top travel provider to the Disneyland Resort. Although they do sell Disney World tickets, Universal Studios tickets, SeaWorld, Legoland, Hawaii, cruises, they do it all. They are an authorized Disney ticket seller and Disney loves working with them. I've personally been using them for over 15 years and I'm always impressed with their prices and their service. They are one of the few legitimate places to buy discount Disney tickets. Their tickets are always discounted off the gate price, so you know you're going to get a great deal. Getaway Today is a small family-owned business, and they really care about your vacation. You can book your vacation through a big company like Disney or Costco or Travelocity or Undercover Tourist, but when you book through them, you're supporting a huge corporation. But when you book through Getaway Today, you're supporting a small business who make you their top priority. You're not just a number to them, you're a friend and they care about your vacation. I can't say enough good things about them. I'll put a link to their website in my show notes. You can check them out for yourself or you can give them a call at 1-855-GETAWAY. Tell them Mix and Some Magic sent you. I think you're going to love them. All right, we're back. 
I have been dying to test a Genie Plus day against a non-Genie Plus day for a really long time now, but it's been hard to find the perfect time. Luckily, the date of Toontown reopening changed and provided me with the perfect opportunity to test it out. Originally, I was planning on being at Toontown when it reopened, but Disney changed the date on me, so that left me with a free day at Disneyland, and I decided this was my perfect chance to do some Genie Plus and rope drop testing. So I teamed up with some friends to make it happen, and I was actually pretty surprised with the results. Okay, let me explain to you how we set it all up. I spent the whole day not using Genie Plus. I started out rope dropping on the left side of the park in Adventureland. And my friend Danielle spent the whole day not using Genie Plus, and she started out rope dropping on the right side of the park in Tomorrowland. My friend Ashley was our Genie Plus tester, and she spent the whole day using Genie Plus. She rope dropped and started her day in Fantasyland. My friend Chantel couldn't spend the whole day with us, but she rope dropped Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Toontown just to see if that was a good strategy. So here's how we structured our day. We all started out by rope dropping and then we arranged times to meet together for lunch and dinner and we decided to include park hopping as part of our strategy. Our goals were to see if where you rope drop makes a difference, first of all, and to see how much more Ashley could get done using Genie Plus because we knew she was going to be able to do more, but how much more would she be able to do with Genie Plus? We did this on a fairly average crowd day in March. It was fairly busy. It wasn't jam-packed, but it also wasn't dead. So I was happy with the day we chose with the crowd level because I thought it was pretty typical of a day at Disneyland. We all agreed to go at a leisurely pace and not try to make it a race because we wanted to move at the pace of an average family and not the pace of someone who was alone. We also agreed that we could use single rider line if we wanted to because there's really only a few attractions that have single rider line. But we decided against purchasing any individual lightning lanes for Rise of the Resistance or Radiator Springs Racers or Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So yes to single rider lines, no to individual lightning lanes. Now I do want to note that we were all being strategic. We all know how to navigate Disneyland and we weren't making mistakes like rope dropping Peter Pan. <laughs> if you want more information about rope dropping, I have a post all about it on my website. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. If you're not sure what rope dropping is, it basically means you're inside the park and ready to go on rides when it opens, not just getting to the parking lot or still asleep in your bed. You can check out my post about it. It explains everything. Also, I wanted to note that Ashley knows how to use Genie Plus and she did a good job of using it well. So if you listen to my podcast episode all about Genie Plus, that will help you be prepared to use Genie Plus so you can use it well also on your trip. We started out our day rope dropping and my goal was to get the whole left side of the park done plus some of Fantasyland before we met for lunch. So I started with Jungle Cruise and I worked my way over there right when the park opened but unfortunately Jungle Cruise was closed. So 
I skipped it, moved right on to Pirates of the Caribbean, and I really got a bunch done before lunch. I was happy with what I got done, and rope dropping, it really is such a great way to maximize your time. If you're looking to make the most of your time and your money, rope dropping is the way to go. So after we had all rope dropped and done our morning schedules, then we met up for lunch to eat and compare notes on our day so far. At that point, we heard from Chantel, who had rope dropped Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Toontown, and she ended up waiting 40 minutes, which is really not a great use of rope drop time. I wrote it later in the morning and ended up waiting 20 minutes for it, even though the posted wait time was 65 minutes. So we all agreed that rope dropping Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was not a good use of time because you're waiting 40 minutes. That's 40 minutes that you could be walking on other attractions and getting a lot done. And everybody rope drops Mickey and Minnie, which means that it just makes it longer first thing in the morning. So skip Mickey and Minnie's, do it later in the day, and you'll probably end up waiting a shorter amount of time than you would if you started at Mickey and Minnie. Here's what we were able to get done, rope dropping until lunchtime, which we had at about, I think we met at about 12.30. So I rode Pirates of the Caribbean, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Haunted Mansion, Winnie the Pooh, Splash Mountain, Matterhorn, Space Mountain, Runaway Railway, Alice in Wonderland, Pinocchio, and King Arthur's Carousel. Danielle, who was also not using Genie Plus, and she started on the right side, she rode Space Mountain, Buzz Lightyear, Star Tours, Matterhorn, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Autopia, Pirates, Splash Mountain, Winnie the Pooh, and Big Thunder. Now, Ashley, who was rope dropping Fantasyland and using Genie Plus, she started with Fantasyland and she rode Pinocchio, Casey Jr., Dumbo, Mr. Toad, The Carousel, Peter Pan, Snow White, Space Mountain, Finding Nemo, Autopia, Matterhorn, Storybook Boats, Runaway Railway, and Big Thunder Mountain all before lunch. I was able to ride, to ride, let's see, how many did I get? 11 attractions before lunch. Danielle rode nine and Ashley rode 14 attractions. So Ashley wrote about 10 attractions before she started using Genie Plus all in Fantasyland. And we compared notes about our rope dropping experiences and we decided that it really doesn't matter where you start your day at Disneyland when you're rope dropping. You're going to get great results no matter where you go as long as you don't rope drop Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Rise of the Resistance, or Peter Pan. Those three are off the table, but any other attraction that you decide to start with is going to be great. Everything else is a great option, so just pick what you are most excited about and start there. After lunch, we hopped together over to California Adventure, and this is the point that I expected Ashley to really pull ahead with the Genie Plus. The parks were starting to get crowded, and most of the attractions over in California Adventure offer Genie Plus, which I knew meant I was going to be stuck in some pretty long lines, and I was right. I actually had some pretty terrible luck that afternoon. It seemed like every ride I got in line for broke down at some point. It was like I was waiting and waiting, and I would almost get to the front, and then the ride would break down. It happened to me on Guardians of the Galaxy, Toy Story, and on Web Slingers. 
And so then I waited extra long because I was so close to the front. I didn't want to leave and then, you know, have that time be wasted. And anyway, I spent a lot of time waiting in line for rides that were down that afternoon. And I really didn't get many rides in during the afternoon. I tried to single rider Radiator Springs Racers, but the single rider line was as long as the regular line, which was over 90 minutes. So I skipped that one. And by the time we met up for dinner, I did not have as many rides accomplished as I had hoped. We met for dinner at about 6 p.m. And here is what I had accomplished between lunch and dinner. I rode Guardians of the Galaxy, got stuck on that. Web Slingers, stuck in the line. Toy Story, stuck in the line. Goofy Sky School, I rode that single rider and got on real quick. And Little Mermaid. Not very many. Danielle had better luck than I did over at California Adventure without Genie Plus. She rode Little Mermaid, Jumpin' Jellyfish, Goofy Sky School, Emotional Whirlwind, Toy Story, Critter Carousel, Incredicoaster, Junkyard Jamboree, Rollickin' Roadsters, and Web Slingers. And Ashley, who was using Genie Plus, rode Little Mermaid, Toy Story, Critter Carousel, Guardians of the Galaxy, Soren, Junkyard Jamboree, Rollickin' Roadsters, Monsters, Inc., and Web Slingers. I was only able to ride five attractions in the afternoon because of the ride breakdowns. Danielle, who was also not using Genie Plus, had much better luck. She rode 10 attractions. And Ashley, who was using Genie Plus, rode 9 attractions. And I thought it was interesting that Ashley rode less during the afternoon using Genie Plus than Danielle. Right? Isn't that interesting? After dinner, we decided that we would meet up again at 8.45 to ride Rise of the Resistance using my strategy of waiting until right before it closes, which I'll talk about in a minute. Ashley and Danielle had never tried it before, so I was excited to show them how it works. In the meantime, I hit a couple more rides before I hopped over to Disneyland for the evening, and I was actually able to do quite a few things before we met up in Galaxy's Edge to ride Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance is hugely popular, and you can expect to wait about an hour for it most of the day, unless you rope drop. If you rope drop, chances are you're going to wait even longer, because everybody thinks that's the best plan, but it's not. So if you don't want to wait an hour or more, I want you to use my Rise of the Resistance strategy. Rise of the Resistance closes down earlier than all the other attractions every single night, and most people don't realize this, which is one of the reasons my strategy works so well. It usually closes down at 8 or 9 p.m., so you can check your app on the day you arrive to see what time it closes when you're there. Just find the attraction on the app and click on it, and it will tell you what time it opens and closes for the day. If you are in line for an attraction before it closes, you still get to ride it. So if the attraction closes at 9 p.m. and I get in line at 8.55 p.m., I get to ride it. And once this attraction officially closes, they stop letting in the paid lightning lanes, which means that the standby line starts moving much quicker. So I got in line a little before 9 p.m. and the posted wait time was 65 minutes. Now, I do want to note that Disney will often inflate wait times right before they close. The cast members want to go home. They've been there for a long time, and if they can discourage you from getting in line by making it look long, then you better bet they're going to do it. 
So when we got to the line, I took a picture of the wait time and I set my timer to see how long we actually waited. And a cast member there noticed me taking a picture and he came over and whispered, it's not really 65 minutes, (laughs) which I thought was nice of him. I timed it and we waited 13 minutes, only 13 minutes. Usually with this method, I end up waiting about 20, which is still amazing. But either way, it's so much shorter than waiting for it midday. So that's my Rise of the Resistance strategy. I use it all the time. Works like a charm. After that, we kept going. Each of us were trying to ride as much as possible before the park closed at 11 p.m. And here is where we stood at the end of the night. So in between dinner and the end of the night, I rode Soren, Monsters, Inc., Star Tours, Rise of the Resistance, Smuggler's Run, Snow White, Mr. Toad, Dumbo, Casey Jr., Mad Tea Party, and It's a Small World. Danielle, who was not using Genie Plus, watched the parade. She rode Mr. Toad, Smuggler's Run, Rise of the Resistance, Haunted Mansion, The Train, It's a Small World, and Snow White. Ashley, using Genie Plus, rode Goofy Sky School, Golden Zephyr, Jumpin' Jellyfish, Emotional Whirlwind, Incredicoaster, Buzz Lightyear, Star Tours, Winnie the Pooh, Rise of the Resistance, Haunted Mansion, Pirates, Jungle Cruise, and Alice in Wonderland. In total, Danielle and I were both able to ride 28 attractions for the whole day, which I was pretty impressed with. I was able to squeeze in more in the evening, so I caught up to her, which was great. I mean, 28 attractions without using Genie Plus, I think it's pretty awesome. Ashley was able to ride 36 attractions. Now, the last 30 minutes or so of her day, her kids called her, so she stopped early to chat with them and tell them goodnight. So had she had the last 30 minutes, I think she probably could have ridden two more attractions if she had kept going till 11 p.m. So even though she only rode 36 rides, I am going to say that she rode 38 just for comparison's sake because she could have had she not stopped to be a mom. Those kids messing everything up. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I really, I am. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So essentially, she rode 10 more rides than we did using Genie Plus. She paid $25 for the day and she rode 13 rides using Genie Plus. So 13 of the attractions she experienced, she got to use Genie Plus on. So if you break it down Each of the Genie Plus attractions cost her $1.92 if you're interested in that kind of thing. I was actually surprised that Danielle and I were able to ride so many attractions without Genie Plus. Ashley definitely did more, but not as many more as I had expected. If I hadn't park hopped, which I usually recommend not park hopping for people, Just stay in the same park and do as much as you possibly can. There's so much to do in each park. So I usually don't recommend people park hop. If I hadn't park hopped and had just stayed at Disneyland and rope dropped, I would have been in a really good shape for the rest of the day. I probably could have ridden just about everything else in that time that I had between lunch and the park closing, even without Genie Plus, because of rope dropping. So... What's the takeaway here? It kind of depends on you because some of you who are listening 
will think Ashley rode 10 extra rides using Genie Plus. That's totally worth the extra cost. And other people listening will think Ashley only rode 10 extra rides using Genie Plus. That's not worth the extra money to me. So you see, there's really no right or wrong answer. It just depends on you and your family and what makes the most sense for you. So hopefully this little experiment gave you a good idea of what you can get done with and without Genie Plus. And I'm hoping it helps you decide what the right option is for you. I definitely think that this test shows that you can have a really great day at Disneyland without purchasing Genie Plus. But at the same time, you can have a really great day at Disneyland if you do purchase Genie Plus. I really had so much fun testing this out. Well, maybe not when I was stuck in line for Guardians of the Galaxy when it broke down. That wasn't fun. But the most of the day was great. Other than that, I do have more plans to test out other Genie Plus strategies soon and other park strategies. It's one of my favorite things to do in the park. I just think it's so fun and I hope it's valuable to you to just see different options for you when you go on your Disney vacation. Unfortunately, that is all the time that I have for today. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. I appreciate you. I think you're the best. I hope you have a wonderful week. Give someone a hug. Eat some junk food. Don't work too hard. All that stuff. I will be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.